Pray with me if you would. God, give us all. Give us strength. And keep us in your care as we do the work of racial reconciliation. Our scripture has already been read from 1 Samuel 17. But I want to highlight verse 49 where it says, David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. If I had to tag a topic to this message, it would be taking down bullies. In Congress on July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America stated early in the Constitution, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the, their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. In Lisa words, the people who vote have the responsibility of giving consent to those who govern. The Constitution further states that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Safety and happiness seem like something far-fetched these days. Prudence or farsightedness is also mentioned there. It suggests that prudence will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing habitually the same object demonstrates a design to reduce them under the absolute despotism or tyranny, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Richmond Hill, it is apparent to me that the nation we live in right now lost sight of these declarations a long time ago. We have several despotic leaders acting as bullies in our community, but racism stands tallest of the many giants that we face. We've seen outcries over the last week, cities being burned, businesses being destroyed, law enforcement in an uproar, and a nation that appears to be in complete chaos for all practical purposes, it is. However, I want to suggest that we are really, what we are really seeing is an outcry of a weary people who have been what the Constitution calls pursued habitually as the same object of a dominant culture's hate. What's happening right now is the groaning of a people who have not been heard and don't feel like there's any real recourse in their favor. In 1903, W.B. Du Bois wrote, the problem of the 20th century, 20th century is the problem of the color line. And here we are 117 years later, and the color line continues to be a barrier in our community. 
It continues to be a place of divisiveness in our country. It continues to define how laws are enforced and treatment in most matters are practiced in this nation. It is psychologically destructive. It is relationally traumatic. And in many instances, it's deadly on the side of black and brown people. You may ask, how does this scripture relate, this story relate to our scripture? Well, Goliath is just like the oppressive systems that operate in this country. And racism is just like Goliath. It is big, it's obnoxious, and it's operated by those who have perceived power. But I stopped by this evening to announce that all power belongs belong to God and giants do fall. Dr. Martin Luther King said at Gross Point High School in 1968, it is not enough for me to stand before you tonight and condemn riots. It would be morally ir irresponsible for me to do that without at the same time condemning the contingent and tolerable conditions that exist in our society. These conditions are the things that cause individuals to feel that they have no other alternative than to engage in violent rebellions to get attention. Dr. King continues by saying a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. It has failed to hear that large segments of our dominant culture are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than it is about justice and humanity. Dr. King had no way of knowing that some 50 years later, we would still be experiencing what he talked about in 1968. My dear friends, it is my prayer that we see this unsettled place in our country as an invitation from God to everyone who can hear. It is an invitation for us to listen to what the Lord is requiring of us in this season of our lives. Micah 6 and 8 helps us to understand that we are to act justly. We are to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. I know some people will not be pleased with this message. Some people will say, I don't have anything to do with this. Some people will ignore the fact that Amy Carter, a white woman, felt very comfortable in calling the police to Central Park about a bird-watching black man because she knew how the police would come running to save her solely because she's a white woman. Some people will say George Floyd, a black man killed in Minneapolis, should not have been passing a counterfeit $20 bill. Some people will say that Ahmaud Arbery, a black man killed while running in Georgia, should not have gone into a construction site to look at a house or that he should have stopped when he was called by two white men. Some folks will think that Breonna Taylor, a black woman in Kentucky, was somehow responsible when a cop went into the wrong house and killed her. I could list more and more, but these are just the latest. This is not a new giant in our community that we're facing. We know the history of this racist giant up close and personal. We know because of the many public lynchings of black men since slavery. We know because of the water hosing and the dogs being sick on our people during the civil rights movement. We know because of the bus boycott in Emmett Till, the 14-year-old African-American boy from Chicago who was lynched in Mississippi in 1955. We know too well 
the many injustices of the education and immigration disparities, the imbalance in our economic structure, the transportation and legal system inequalities, and simply put, we're tired. We also know that God is not pleased with a demographic of people constantly being treated less than human because of the color of their skin. And the bully in the community must come down. Saints of God, we all have a job to do. It's our responsibility and each of us have something to offer. David thought he was just going to deliver some food. Don't underestimate what God wants to do through you just because you're not favored by man. You could be on your way to deliver lunch. David went to take his brothers a meal and ended up delivering a nation and a bully's head to the king. David went for one assignment and recognized that there was a giant, a bully if you will, running roughshod in the community. A bully because he was more powerful with his sword and his physical prowess. But the bully made a huge mistake. He disrespected the name of the Lord. David was more concerned with God's agenda than with his own feelings. He said, is there not a cause? He didn't care about his own personal glory or success, but only for the glory and success of the Lord's cause. This is where the battle was really won. If David's brother Eliab, hurtful words could have gotten to David in the flesh and, out of, and made him fall out of step with the Lord, then David's strength would have been gone. But when David kept his head and his heart focused on what God wanted, he was more in step with the spirit of the Lord than ever before. Goliath was defeated right then. David had to operate under the direction of God, not man. Saul's armor had been placed on David for battle, but David had to renounce Saul's armor and vow, I will not fight with another man's armor. I will trust in the Lord and his armor instead. Often we try to straddle the middle ground where we try to wear both kinds of armor, the armor of man and the armor of God. But God wants us to trust him and him alone. God wants us to trust when he says to pick up five stones that we do it because it came from him. So why did David choose five stones when he only needed one to kill Goliath? Some would suggest it was because Goliath had four other relatives who were also giants whom David and his associates later killed. I want to suggest that the number five represents the grace of God. And David knew, like I do now, that without the grace of God, when you go into battle, you've already lost the fight. And so we do have multiple giants that we need to bring down. We need to bring down racism and poverty and police brutality, sexism, elitism. You add your own giant to this message. I believe we have to trust God's armor and then gather together what God tells us to put in our bag. And so how do we approach the giants that we're facing? First, I think we must remember that God's power can solve problems that seem to have no solution. You see, several people had tried to fight this giant without knowing how to properly come against him. Everyone else tried to fight him with physical armor. But David came with something that obviously no one else had thought about. David came in the name of the Lord with a slingshot and some rocks. It may seem like the enemy we're facing now has no solution, but God has a plan according to Jeremiah 29 and 11. He's looking for some willing vessels to take a stand against the wiles of the enemy. 
and used their slingshots and some, some smooth stones. We then have to remember the power to change the world does not rest in human ingenuity. Up until this point, everyone who had attempted to fight Goliath had been fighting in their own strength. David knew that the power to change what was happening with Goliath rested in God and God alone. Theologian David Guzik says, many Christians struggle at this point. We wonder, is God supposed to do it or am I supposed to do it? The answer is yes. God does it and we do it with him. Trust God, rely on him, and then get to work and work as hard as you can. We have to face our giant. And we do so knowing that when we are going in the name of the Lord, he will take down those enemies that are destroying human humanity in our present day circumstances. I take you back to that constitution I told you about, about in the beginning, because there's a line that sums it up for us. It parallels what was happening between the King of Great Britain and the colonies with some of what we're experiencing between our government and people right now. It says, such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the King of Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having indirect object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over the states. To prove this, let facts be submitted into a candid world. People of God, I invite you to join me on this journey of racial reconciliation and the healing of our land. We have to have some tough conversations with some people who may not look like us or think like us. But Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says, if my people, that's us, y'all. If my people who are called by my name, he wasn't talking about the world. He was talking about the believers. Would humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Let's stop seeking our own agendas and look to God's face. Let's not stand by and watch tyranny have its way when we can call on the name of the Lord. He will go and fight on our behalf and he'll take down the bully of racism.